1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard Blaze is here. Jasmine Blaze is here. She is up in the booth in the Podcast One studios in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, California. Today's episode, a lot of fun. Ray Garcia is here. Ray
2: Garcia. He actually
1: was here, Jasmine. Not to get really Tarantino about this, but – he was here, and then you jumped in, and we're doing this in a reverse order. That's right. Um, but you're gonna be uh, blown away because at one point, and I'm not gonna spoil it, so you're gonna have to listen to the podcast. At one point, Ray gets into the quest for dollar tacos. Okay. Which blew my mind because I'm not a local Los Angelino. right? Even though I'm on the roads here all the time,
2: right? Uh,
1: I didn't know that this was a thing. Like uh. I knew that dollar tacos on some happy hour menu had Where to be a thing. Where can you get
2: dollar tacos? I want to get in on
1: that. I don't know. But he talks about it being like a tension point because being a fine dining Mexican chef and having like mm. clam and lardo tacos, mm. he's always frustrated with like mm. people who are on the quest right. for for a dollar taco.
2: The quest for promoting And it, there's
1: so right. many questions about that. One, right, why would you want a dollar taco? Well, because well, like, I what? Mean, I get a, a, a lot dollar. of tacos right. for a couple <laughs> bucks. Get that. Yeah. Um, two, what kind of food are you eating in a dollar <laughs> taco? <laughs> Like that is a question well, because like you got it yeah. if you're let's let's just break this down mathematically okay for a real quick second in the open. all right if you're charging someone a dollar for something that
2: means you're spending you'd like to be spending thirty cents on it
1: you are you still got your restaurant still got hat it on. you still got it you <laughs> got it lady um I, right so you you're spending maximum let's say thirty three percent right. So that means all the ingredients that go into that dollar taco cost 33 cents.
2: Well, in a perfect world. In a perfect unless you're, world. Unless it's like a loss leader or right. just you media unless you're, just trying to, you're just trying to put it out there for media. Or are you're trying to, to cut
1: down the taco truck come on the other order, corner.
2: Come and order a dollar taco and a $5, you know, uh, uh, Corona and everything balances out, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You are. You have. You're a wise businesswoman. Yeah. I like that. That's how it works. But I'd be. Could you have a five dollar Corona and a dollar no. taco? No. But you're right. You could have a two dollar. Have corona. to get like
2: one of those big tall boy cans yeah. or something. So Jeff is like, like oh
1: yeah, that works. <laughs> Jeff's got it. That's the secret to success. See. Um, but I get it. it. It brought up an interesting thing of how like, and this happens a lot. Some ingredients uh, come to mind. Uh, in tacos, obviously, he's making the case. You know, he's a fine dining chef. He, he creates this great food. He might charge. I'm. I'm guessing here, but thirteen, fifteen dollars for a taco. But Plates like, of tacos, there's or... lardo and clams, right, and like right, he's right. a chef who's like got all this training yeah. and history behind him. Right. And then like a dollar taco might just be some delicious carnitas, right? And some onions, yeah, and whatever.
2: Tacos is hard because but I it's, mean, it's also with ahead, sushi. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like I mean, like I don't maybe not, but like when you go to no, like there are you know places
2: where you can go and get you know dollar sushi or like yeah.
1: Right. So like uh, you know um, Nikki Nakayama, yeah, who has been a guest, right? on the podcast, right? She has made sushi in her life. Yeah. Like her sushi roll yeah. is going to be a lot more expensive than one you find at Vons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Still not right. a dollar for But those, people but yes. like but
1: there's nothing but you know no. with with a little imitation crab meat. It is interesting how you have these worlds. I mean it is And some it, people don't make the difference though. Like yeah. someone is going to eat a sushi roll at, you know, a grocery right. store right. and be like, "Why am I spending 20 bucks for one at a fine dining restaurant?" Just because do you, um, think,
2: you think people don't understand the overhead that goes into why you're paying you know, 30, or, 60% And this more, is, or, I think,
1: where we go in this podcast is do you think that for some reason, for some perhaps race-sensitive reason, it's more of a thing when we're talking about Mexican food, mm. that a dollar taco seems more correct in a appropriate way. Appropriate pricing. Than, right, appropriate mm. pricing interesting and i well, think he gets into it yeah, so like i yeah. wasn't expecting it to go there but yeah. it did uh, lots interesting. it was really really interesting well, I'm, inter- I'm, I'm
2: looking forward to i know that. i know you would
1: be uh, also again not to spoil things but a record is set on this podcast wow ray garcia push-up I'm not record? gonna not gonna <laughs> we battle in push-ups okay. he's pretty fit yeah it goes down to the wire yep. who do you think does more push-ups ray garcia and me i'm not no don't don't answer yeah. You might know. I might <laughs> have told you. That's not what it is. That's <laughs> no, not. But there is something that happens on this episode and Ray Garcia um, sets a record on starving for attention, which cool. is kind of amazing. Awesome. Uh, we got to check. Th- we got to go um, uh, Broken Spanish, BS yes. Taqueria. Yes. We got to go down there, check them out. Absolutely. Um, we are like, I mean, I hope, first of all, LA is really big. Yeah. But, like, we're hitting, hitting all of Listen, the-
2: every time we come here, like, I just—I got a list. I got a list of places I want to go see. I keep a little, like, uh, saved, like, pictures in Instagram under Los Angeles just yeah. for, like, just for these moments where, like, we come into town and do a podcast and we didn't hit horrendous traffic or fight the entire way. So we're ready to eat when we get right,
1: here. Right, right. And— You do I, a good job at it.
2: Well, today, I think we did a—I mean, you know, uh, you know some yes. days we do better than others, but, like, it's, you know— We're right? still
1: talking about pastrami. Are but we the, still talking about sure. astronomy?
2: Sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's 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 um, it's um always that choice of do you want to go to Iconic or do you want to go to, you know, uh, <laughs> extra choices? Yeah, have
1: you been to the Lay's Factory? Have you been to the yeah, vending machine downstairs. In Long Beach. We could stop down on the 405.
2: <laughs> I've taken you to other places that you've been less impressed with. No, but say.
1: you do an amazing job. I, I Matter of fact, like, I think we should have a starving for attention map. We should start our own map. Like, where to eat in Mm. uh, places where I've been. I think that would be fun. It's just more work on your plate. Yeah, no big deal. Nothing nothing that I would do. Uh, Hey, guys, listen uh, New Year, New Utensils, or how about some new cookware? I've mentioned before how Starving for Attention and Analon. know that food, cooking, eating, and life connect us and are interconnected. Uh, And we all know that these connections are personal and collective, extending across history, social lives, cultures, and that we renew and refresh them every day through great food and great cooking. That's why they're committed to making quality gourmet kitchenware, to designing and providing kitchenware that supports, grows, and sustains these connections, and committed to supporting, growing, and sustaining our connections to you. And these Anilon cooking pans have been pretty amazing in the Blaze household. Uh, I mean, eggs are sliding right off, off of these things. The Anolon Advanced Nonstick Technology. Uh, it's got the first flat surface nonstick, hard anodized cookware. Uh, its construction is twice as hard as stainless steel. Easy to clean, nonstick coated exteriors. Even Jasmine's able to clean them which is a knock on Jasmine. She's not right here. She actually, I do most of the dishes. Triple layered premium non-stick interiors are metal uh, utensil safe. Also, there's no rivets on the inside. Someone actually commented on my Instagram page how these are easy to clean because they don't have any of these rivets that sort of extend and get like lots of little bits of uh, grease up in those rivets tempered glass lids which are important guys use your lids when you're cooking and they're oven safe to 400 degrees and they have a lifetime warranty if you want to know where you can find some anilon pots and pans you can visit macy's or you can shop the collection by going to anilon.com now lots of fun ray garcia heading up uh can't wait to get into it sorry you weren't here i know but you're here now Here now. here he is ray garcia Good to see you again, dude. How you doing? Uh, we just um, ran into each other literally two minutes ago in the restroom. Yeah. And it made me think uh, about one, how like I'm glad we've met before because then it would be – I think it would be an, even an awkward greeting like if you're like – because then you have to shake hands <laughs> if, like if you've never met before but I know that I know you. Uh, so that was a little awkward. And it also reminded me of, a, of a, an awkward bathroom encounter um, that I had and why can I not name what is the name? Who is the name of the actor, Jeff, who plays Tyrion Lannister on Thrones? The super famous um, Peter, – Peter Dinklage. I met Peter Dinklage in the restroom at the Emmys and it was one of the most awkward experiences I've ever had in my life because I'm super awkward and I'm a big fan <laughs> and like now I'm, I'm urinal to urinal with Peter Dinklage. Uh, and I'm just glad that he helped me – provided me a story that I'll always have for the rest of my life. And I think I was like, I'm a big fan, which is weird to tell someone at the urinal. Yeah, you know, you uh, I said know you it to him too. Yeah, you never know. So you got to go for a hug um,
3: when you're in the bathroom. No handshakes. Just that's what hugs. I mean. Just and go I overboard uh, with that awkwardness. It's too
1: much. I mean, it's kind of a Seinfeld skit, but it's a true story. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. You're coming from? You said home, right?
3: Yeah, coming coming from home. Right you now. said you were on uh, doing doing that dad dad chef life. Doing doing the dad chef life, trying to find that that balance. You know, it's it's a crazy thing where a certain point in your your career, it's. It's cooking but it's also – it's family and it's your own sort of health and sanity that you have to wrap into the equation that wasn't always part of it when you were younger. That's true. Um, how, how, old is, uh,
1: how old is your family? How old is your, your kid?
3: Uh, I have a son named Grant and he's five years old.
1: Okay. So Grant is five years old and I have kids as well and has Grant – do you think that you uh, – obviously you've changed like the way you have to move about your day. But has he changed you as a cook?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he is the he is the reason why I kind of jumped from what I was doing before broken Spanish and kind of went into broken Spanish. It, OK, it was for, for me, sort of another jolt, sort of get off your ass and, you know, and and do something. And I was I was working I was working hard. But now I was had to be an example of, you know, of what what. You know, hard work can can lead to you um, know, and, and I had to do something that even bettered myself from, from where I was.
1: So was this as far as like um, becoming um, like a, a more of a business person, like in that regard, where you're like, okay, it's family now. It's like this is like not just me cooking for myself and trying to get like a four star review.
3: No, I think I think uh, it was more of my own kind of challenging myself professionally. Got it. You know, I was, I had opened up a restaurant. I was a chef there. We were hitting almost year six or seven. Um, and it was becoming comfortable. And, you know, for some mm. people, that's, and that's an achievement. But for me, you know, I was uncomfortable in that, that comfortable state. And it was time for me to, to challenge myself, you know, even, even more. And I think the last thing you want to do when you're going to be a dad is, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave a job. And I had insurance taken care of. So, you know, Grant was here. He was going to turn one year old. And I said, you know what? There's, I can't keep making excuses for, for not making that progress. Um, and, and I left.
1: So, um, easy to say. I mean, that's an inspirational sort of story, right? He's kind of pushed you to the next level. Uh, and I love how you said that there's a, a comfort. Like like um, yeah, there's there's a discomfort in, in comfort yeah right, which is what uh, most people who are driven I think that's the case, right? So now, now though you're not it's not even one restaurant, now nope. now you're are you, are you comfortable with the word restaurateur? Um,
3: no, I
1: don't. I don't <laughs> don't <laughs> my think so. my initial take is like yeah, yeah <laughs> in the, I guess in like that, that
3: hesitation is the answer, but uh, no, I mean I think it's something where I I try to you know um aspire to 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 be and i uncomfortably will use that term i think the same as when i use the term chef you know because i never really thought of myself as a as a chef until you know i think most of the world had already thought of me as as such, you know, I was a, I was a cook. I was a, a line cook, or, you know, or whatever. I was doing my, my job. And then when people started, you know, calling me chef, I was like, no, 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 that's that's mm. the chef. The other guy who has a job that's more important than me is, you know, is the chef. So I think the same thing with, with restaurateurs is, is, yeah, I have a, I have a few restaurants, but, you know, I think, you know, Danny Myers when I think, you know, Exactly. That's what I'm
1: going to say. So, like, we all have, and this happened, I, I've just kind of become comfortable with it. I'm not quite either. But we all have like the like for me it's like Drew Neerporent it's like oh well then if I'm a restaurateur I'm I'm like in a suit smoking a cigar and I'm <laughs> like buy sell do this open that we're gonna close that right uh, and that's not really you know the chef restaurateur is kind of a different thing
3: it's a different it's a different path because I think it goes through a chef's work ethic and for better or worse a chef's Passion, so I think you know a lot and that 's where a lot of times you know chefs struggle with this is they're you know they they use their their own their own passion or their personal connection to food and try to make business decisions using that you know whether it 's a a location whether you know what they 're going to have on the menu or, or who they hire i think is is more instinctual and it's like oh, I love that I love that place I have to have a restaurant right here in this part of the city as opposed to you know really digging deep as someone who maybe can step away from the stoves a little bit mm. and say eh, what we, we didn't factor this or we didn't factor that in so so when you're creating when you're creating
1: uh, one of your restaurants like where where, where is that coming like did, hey I want to do this is the type of food that I like to eat this is the type of food I like to cook or like like you're saying it's not necessarily location based, yeah, which I, I think is interesting because you like you're a pioneer of uh, DTLA and, and getting a restaurant where there weren't a lot when you, when you opened up.
3: Well, I think in risk there is reward a lot of times, or at least that's what I, I, I tell myself when I, when I come up with foolish ideas or, or really try to try to push things, um, and I think in general, I just try to approach the business as you know and I try to teach my, my chefs as, as well as, as look at it as you know the chef, the guest. And the owner, because earlier in my 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 cooking career, it was all about me and my creativity, and I had to, you know, I would think and think about this special, and it had to be, you know, amazing, and then I would put it on the menu, and then it wouldn't sell, you know, or the food cost would be insane, and you know, so I think once you can reach that point where you can satisfy yourself creatively. You know, put something on, the, on a menu that people will buy and they can mm. also, you know, pay the bills is that, you know, is that, that sweet spot that's, that's not easy to achieve. So um, how's the taqueria
1: doing? is doing great. Right? That now, is that one of those moments too where it's like the taqueria came second?
3: The talk actually came first okay, yeah, so it was it it opened about three and a half months before broken Spanish, um you know which I think everyone kind of assumed right. that it was the it was the offshoot, and I think in my in my mind it it was uh because I wanted to open up broken Spanish, and the thought was well oh, in, a, in a few years you know once once broken spanish is is stable and we've made our, our our mark and we have a point of view for the for everyone to understand what we're doing then we could do a little you know taqueria or some place that does ceviche or make our own tortillas um and it just so happened that you know an opportunity came for a, a smaller spot while i was closing the deal at broken spanish um for the taqueria so we opened that first Copy that
1: right so they kind of almost happened simultaneously yeah they're like twins um, but you create but the, do, you, do you think the taqueria helped uh, even like financially or from the business plan for the opening of Broken Spanish, or? A-
3: absolutely, absolutely, because it it was it was a start to the conversation, you know. Which I think, you know, when we're dealing with modern Mexican or you know just a different approach to Mexican food that the city is maybe not wasn't ready for or might not have been ready for, because up to that point, I mean, Los Angeles is full of amazing Mexican food, and you can get tacos everywhere, you know, starting at a, at a dollar, you know. But there wasn't a place that was doing. Clam and lardo tacos for seven mm, dollars. And how do we, how do we bridge that? Because you know, i broken Spanish. You're going to be eating a, ch- a chicharrón for for four times that right. uh, amount, and people think you know chicharrón is not something that you go to a, a nice restaurant and eat. So I think the taqueria was a good sort of transition and introduction into. My way of thinking and, and the broken Spanish approach to mm, almost like a gate a gateway sort of introduction.
1: Yeah, did you do you feel like you did or do you get any pushback on the fact that like you're playing with so many traditional elements? Like we we talk to Italian chefs all the time. Like the the framework of creativity when you're talking about a taco, mm-hmm. like it's something that's nostalgic. Like you said, you can get so many great tacos in L.A. Like, but now you're putting you know lardo on a, on a taco. Like,
3: did you get any pushback? Uh, a, a little bit. Um, I think it, there was, there was pushback. I think surprisingly, probably most to me was from the, you know, the Mexican American community. Right. And I think because of their connection to, you know, what a taco was or what it, what it should be, you know, and I think that's, that's a challenge even for, for me as a, as a chef. When you do a, a food that is sort of a food that you grew up with, you have a tendency or can have a tendency to sort of set limitations on what that dish is or what it can be or what has to contain you know like we're we're playing around with it with a dish um for a dinner we're coming up with and it's a it's a pozole
4: mm-hmm. and
3: you know for me growing up pozole was you know it was, it was it was red there was hominy there was pork there was cabbage and so now we're kind of walking that fine line of like okay well we've already removed this ingredient like what is necessary to keep mm, I in love that, that dish to still be posole, even though now it has crab and uni and finger limes and, you know, everything else. So, so jumping
1: into that, you know, something that's real time right now. You said you're creating this dish. It's happening in the moment. So jumping into your R&D, uh, you know, team's minds right now. Where are you at with like pozole? Because like for me, I just did something on oh, – I just did it uh, for an app. I did like a pozole recipe of, and of course I don't claim any authenticity. But like for me, like hominy was like the thing that like you – know, I don't know if it's a pozole if there's no hominy in there. What are, so like what are the, a couple of the things that to you it's, – it's not a pozole if it doesn't have.
3: Yeah, I think that was the that was the point where it was a, a non negotiable. Like, okay, <laughs> right, right. Because I'm working with and through my my chef de cuisine now, um, and and he's you know one of the main or the main driving force behind a lot of the, the the creativity that's coming out of the dishes. Um, and and I think it's we're we're a good partner or a good pair because this is the first time he's ever cooked Mexican food professionally, and and his you know background is more 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 German or he's he's okay. you know he's or, or Greek. And so he comes at it from a different perspective. And so we're just trying to see, like, you know, trying to build a car with the fewest amount of pieces, I guess. Yeah. Right, so right. It's, it's okay that we have a few pieces. Uh, you made that left, very German by saying le- that. Left, yes yeah. so You're building a, a <laughs> fast le- car with a few pieces. Le- left over." So, yeah. So um, I think, you know, we have to have pozole and we have to have corn. Um, and I think the added challenge, because we're doing a dinner with um, Chris Costantino yeah. up in Napa and – we're tasked with sort of representing Mexican culture or Mexican cuisine in this feast of, of seven cultures. Mm. And so it's like, Oh man, now it's like it, you have to be able to, I guess, do a dish that strikes a chord that that's, Oh, that's clearly represents Mexican food at Christmas time, but at the same time does justice to what we want to do creatively.
1: Right. Do you ever, when you're doing those like collaborations and like, I know Chris a little bit and obviously Metalwood and, and everything's great. Um, Wait, did you say Cosentino? Cosentino. Or, Cosentino, sorry. Uh, I know that Chris too. Um like do you feel like you like there's that pressure of like doing food that's in the framework so like if we're talking about Cosentino the awful or if we're talking about Costello like you know the fact that like it has to be, you know, tweezers and leaves or whatever it is or do you feel like uh, at this point you can just like do your food and it's going to match like whatever the environment is just cuz you have you know, such a great reputation as well. Like, do you feel pressure working with other chefs that have achieved some great things too?
3: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel pressure. And I think that's, I mean, I, I apply pressure to myself in, mm. in everyday living. Like, that's just one thing things that I think that, that has made me successful in the kitchen is, is always applying that, that pressure to myself to do better, to, you know, make a, a great dish. In this case, you know, we're, we're representing, you know, Mexico as a, as a culture and as a cuisine, you know, and we're doing it with a really badass chef, you know, so we, we can't bring a weak dish. And especially when there's a lineup of six other, six other chefs. So his right. whole crew is going to see like, okay, well, what did, what did Ludo make? What did Stephanie Isrid make? What did Lon Shaya make? And so it's, it's just this extra, I think about amount of, of pressure, but also pride because we, we we're going to work on it and we're going to nail the dish
1: so will there be offal in the pozole that's the question cosentino's there <laughs> they're going to be bits and pieces of an animal that you normally wouldn't eat
3: in this pozole that was that was a tough call to make because mm. we started like we're going to use pig we're going to use brain we're going to use blood but we started along Oh, that, i like that along yeah that way yes. it's like we, well, we have to we have to do this and i was even gonna i was thinking of making his uh you know his his, his head cheese or um you know um testa that he that he makes that he's famous for right and and i was going to make slices of that and layer the bowl and for the pasola i'm like well no it's not it's not only about that we we know what we want to do is is maybe showcase what we do well and i think what we do well is kind of deviate from expectation but still keeping a lot of that traditional Mm. soul
1: i love though that i feel like you have inspired me now like i want to do like an awful taco concept because it makes sense, right? I mean, you're like Chicharron, you're already talking about things in the Mexican lexicon um, that are in that world. Um, let's just do some pig head tacos, dude. I mean, it's already. It sounds
3: sounds <laughs> you've good. You've done it before, I'm sure you've done it before. <laughs>
1: Uh, a little surf and surf with some octopus. I think we can do this. I think that'll work. Hey, listen. For 120 years, S. Pellegrino, sparkling mineral water, has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage. Also, S. Pellegrino has been a proud sponsor. Well, I mean I'm proud to have them as a sponsor on Starving for Attention for the whole run here. Almost a full two years of Starving for Attention. And in a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the red star has become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all cuisines, even yours. And that's why I serve it in all of my restaurants. I enjoy it at home and with my friends and family. It's these special experiences with family and friends that matter the most, you all know that and at a crowded dinner table, a shared moment, a time to reconnect, tell stories and be thankful, laugh and have fun, S Pellegrino is always there for me. We start off this new year, plan for an unforgettable meal with the most memorable moment. With S Pellegrino on the table, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. I'm gonna go have some now, my mouth feels a little dry. To unlock more tasteful moments and culinary tips, Visit www.sanpellegrino.com com slash US. That's www.sanpellegrino.com slash US. Last time we hung out we were um uh we were at Hacienda Patron, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Didn't we, weren't we like uh, I have not been to Mexico that many times, but when I do, you're usually by my side. <laughs> <laughs> Good track record. It, it sounds yeah, it sounds kind of a mid that was fun though. Yeah. yeah, but that that was uh what did you think about the world of um Reality competition from that side of the fence. You judge that episode. Yeah, it was. It was a big one. It was like a semifinal a, of Top Chef. I uh, forget what season. Uh, Carolina, I believe.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it was, um, it, it was, it was fun. You know, I mean, I've done a little bit of, of competition uh, enough to know that that's probably not my thing. At least the the reality show version of it, right? Um, albeit, Wait, you
1: said you've done it, and you or no? Just I've you, done you, it. Oh, I've, okay, I've,
3: I've done it, and um, you know, I think it was more to take myself out of my comfort.
1: Level right, which you mentioned earlier, so that seems to be something that you have the uh, ability to self reflect like that. A lot of people can, like the same thing, like take me out of my comfort, yeah, right. let's let's see what happens,
3: right? I'm very anal, I'm, I will plan, I will work on a pozole for six months and you know, try to get every ingredient and test it, and where are we going to get the hominy from? And so, to go into a, an environment where you know, someone's revealing an ingredient and you've got 30 minutes and you're working in someone else's kitchen, you know, for me, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. Right. Uh, you know, and I had enough of that experience to be able to appreciate the people who who do it and and survive and, and thrive in that environment. So to, to judge, I think I come in with a an, an appreciation or a little bit of an understanding of what the contestants are, are going through, you know, and then also, you know, first time on the other side of the of the set and you know meeting the the judges and just like hanging out with with Tom and, and, and Padma or you or whoever else was there It was like wow this is it was a
1: little it was a little surreal it is uh, it's a bigger it's a bigger thing than most people like you, you you see it on TV and you're like oh there's three people sitting at a table and there's three cooks in front of them yeah. and it's not that at all right I mean yes it's that but then there's you know 200 people surrounding those six people i'm always still blown away by like the production value of any of these sort of shows
3: yeah because you think oh it's well it's an hour show you know how long is that gonna how long is that gonna take or i'm judging one segment like okay well we're gonna we're gonna do it again we're gonna you know re-enter i'm gonna say that line again it was it was it was different but it was it was cool
1: yeah and it's yeah and it's longer than it than it takes just that's what i think about podcasting a lot jeff (laughs) <laughs> when I'm driving up here and I'm like, oh, this is uh, an eight-hour day, believe
3: it or not. Um, I, actually had a fr- one of, I actually knew one of the people that was uh, one of the contestants or the, you know, the, the finalists. So, uh, Tezar? No, was it, it was Brooke. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Brooke is awesome. Yeah. She's been on
1: the pod. She's, she's, uh, she's great. And she's killing it right now. Crushed I'm so happy for her. Like, does that, Were you ever the type of you, – you're better than me, Ray Garcia. <laughs> you're better than me. But were you ever the type of person that like were there – were there people that you were just like, why is that person getting that shot, or like you know, people that are like rivals, like friendly rivals, nothing wrong with that. Um, like I was like that for a while. Like we're, like, I'd be like, oh, why is that person getting all of these opportunities? Damn it, David Chang, I'm good too. You know, like is there was there uh, like or do, or have you changed, especially maybe because of uh, Grant or having a family, uh, you know, a kid. Like does that change the
3: way like your competition? Think spirit of competition I think that's my wife's role you know she's the one's like that's bullshit you should get this or you uh, should I wish have Jasmine or... was here she's usually right next to me <laughs> and that's her role all the time so I'm the one that has to go like okay it's, it's okay she's also a good chef like he deserves it in the back of my head I'm like oh, Right. McKinley, but also, though, like, when your yeah.
1: significant other gets you fired up, though, like, let's be honest, you're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I did that today. I had to talk to one of our kids' teachers. I went in there fired up. I was like, just because, you know, the mama lioness was like, you got to go in there and do something. I was like, Ugh! oh, yeah. So it gets crazy.
3: We have the, we have the same. So, same not times.
1: anymore. So, you don't, you don't like look at, I mean, uh, I used to, though. I'm, I'm over it now, though. I, what, I guess what I'm saying is I, I reached a point where you look at everyone who's achieving great things. And the, and you realize that the pie is big enough, right, for everyone. And, like, some people are better at some things than others. And some people are great restaurateurs. Some people are Michelin-star chefs. Some people do television. And, like, uh, you know, just rooting for everyone. I think it took me moving to California. You know, like, you good vibes and, like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, you know, I'm just going to do some yoga and put on a little hat.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the culinary world has, has changed. And I think maybe you and I are maybe that last of the – that generation of of chefs who had to actually compete for something or Mm. you had to you know not everyone got a prize not everyone had an opportunity to be good enough to get their own i like where you're you're going it's you you had to be the the best you had to make it to chef cuisine or you were just kind of pushed off i like that so what do you think that is do you think that that's because of social media do you think that that's just because
1: like of the fact that everyone can communicate like basically you're saying is it's you're i seem like you're saying it's a little
3: easier now to get an opportunity to do your thing. There's a lot more opportunities, and it's not as traditional. Like even for me as a as, as a chef, you know, if I wanted to open up a restaurant, you know, 20 years ago, that would probably mean taking the entirety of my life savings, you know, all of my life's work, you know, maybe finding a partner and getting a, you know a lease and hunkering down in that space for the next 20 years to to make it great, you know. Whereas I think now in the with the business side of of in you know, a restaurants, it's almost like an a la carte service like well you can hire a designer you can get somebody to help you with social media you can get somebody who can help you with different aspects so that you're not using you know your entire bandwidth on, on a project you're able to focus on what you're good at and get other people to, to supplement and, and, and help you and mm. I think in that it's just a little bit less competitive
1: yeah I used to like yeah right you're right I mean uh, generationally it used to be like I have to spend 10 years working for this great Michelin starred chef And then maybe I'll get the opportunity to run one of their offshoot restaurants. And then maybe five years after that, I'll get the opportunity to do my own thing. And a couple of people have still subscribed to that sort of method of success. But now, and especially for your cooks, how do you deal with like the cook who's like, I can do this in 10 months. I need an Instagram account and I need to go to Whole Foods to buy some ingredients and I just need to start posting pictures and
3: videos. Yeah, I mean that's a that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. that's a problem. I mean that's <laughs> right. a real that's a real issue. I think with the with the industry is that and you know, I think we have a tendency in general just to overcorrect or, or overassume, and so there's plenty of people I think who think that because I can do it. You know, somebody somebody else can. I just need to. I just need to learn. You know, Blaze's fried chicken recipe, and then I can open up a concept and boom! Like I'm gonna I'm gonna retire, right, right. or just learn how to make tamales from me, or you know, whoever it is. And they don't really. You know, you, you grow up too fast, and they don't really have any of those fundamentals that are gonna allow them to succeed. And get hit with all the random stuff that gets you get hit with because it's not about just putting up a tasty plate of food or having you know. A, several hundred thousand followers on on Instagram that can help you but but it's not going to be in place of, of you being you know a, a stable operator and being able to provide for right. yourself and everyone and as else you're guiding
1: your it. team it's kind of like a middle place right you get stuck in a spot because you, you you don't want to tell your team, well, in my day, I you know I worked in a yep. restaurant. I walked uphill twice, you know, both ways to and from school. And uh, there's it. But you also want to tell them, listen, you got to learn how to make you know sauce for a year. You got to work in a restaurant before you want to go do this. You don't want to take someone away from their dreams because the world is moving faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do. Do you find that? Uh, how, what are your what are your, your is your protocol in the kitchen for cooks who want to take pictures of their food and put them on Instagram? I mean, legally, you can't tell them anything, so I'll get that out of the way so that you don't walk into something right there. But uh, like, I mean, is it, um, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, everyone everyone wanting to be Insta-famous.
3: You know, I've been knock on wood, but uh, I've been I've been fortunate for that to not really be. It's happening right now, know, Ray,
1: while we're talking. When someone's in your restaurant taking a picture. <laughs> yeah, of that, I know. Clam and lardo taco. I'm, I'm sure right
3: now my my prep cook is taking a selfie <laughs> nice, with the tamales exactly. that they yeah. just made. Nice, um, but yeah, I, it hasn't been an issue that we've had to a- address. You know, I think that if 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 we're successful with forming a culture where we all feel a part of. Then it's more of a, a positive embrace of this is what we did today as a restaurant, you know, as opposed to this was my special and I crushed it, you know. And, oh
1: yeah, and I, I like that because that that is something though that like we all benefit from it, right? The restaurant benefits. Like I mean, I love when my cooks are proud of whatever the restaurant's doing, and it's across four or five different channels from four or five different angles because they are all taking pictures of the special. Um, I think that, that 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 really works. So you you seem to sort of go you, like you roll with the ebb and flow of it.
3: Yeah, I and mean, there's a way I think to foster their excitement and their encouragement because I think the more you make it my dishes versus theirs, or you know my success and creativity versus theirs, it's not really a a, a competition, you know. Whereas like I said before, maybe it, it used to be is like. You're doing a special next week. It better be good, you know. Right. And then it's like, ah, okay. I've yeah. got to start researching, and I've got. I can't. It can't just be asparagus. It has to be something that it make takes asparagus to a next level. You start do overthinking. You... you start making it about your yourself as opposed to the guest or the rest. Do you
1: do any like little comp? Like uh, my team, every once in a while they'll do like their own little like quick fire challenges, and two cooks will square off. You know, on a you know on a slower night or something like that. Do you guys play any games like that in the kitchen or, or things that are um no, I can't say that we have. Yeah. It's 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 uh it's a probably a good idea that you don't, know. Uh, <laughs> because people's feelings get hurt. So yeah, let me let me let me back up on that. Um but I had a cook come up to me the other day and and ask me about like they're going to start their own uh, social media channel to do something. And I felt like I gave them all the guidance that I could, but there was also this part that I felt like so like ah uh, like yes, I want you to go do this. Go do your channel and like I hope you crush it. I really hope you succeed. But it's such a saturated space right now. Like you said, like you somehow broke through, like you broke through. Like, and, had, like yeah, and it's because of years and years of hard work is part of it, not just because you came up with an idea, you know, at the last second. Yeah. Hey, listen, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer for your car with TrueCar. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to TrueCar and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions, and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then Simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar today.
4: At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.
0: Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayliss and food journalist Steve Dolinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now back to starving for attention with Richard Blaze. Is nixtamalization the new fermentation?
1: Is it the new hotness that all modern chefs are going to be, you know, cooking things in lie? For people who don't know, do you want to explain what
3: nixtamalization is? It's also
1: uh, my
3: the name of my new indie band
1: that I'm starting.
3: <laughs> I, I, I like it. Um, I mean, nixtamalization is a is a process that is it's not new, although now it's becoming you know a bit I, more mainstream or or, or trendy. Right, um, and its application, at least for for us, as we use it when we're when we're uh, making the corn or cooking the corn that turns into the masa, which turns into the base for our tortillas, tamales, sopas, anything that we do in the restaurant. Uh, and and really, it's just adding um, a culinary culinary lime um, or um, Calcium uh, oxide, hydroxide. Sorry, uh, so I yeah, just now explaining chemistry to Richard Blaze. No, I, mean, I, I got to something. I don't, right. I don't know very uh, much about. So, but it breaks down the paracorp of the of the corn, so it actually, you know, makes it edible. But you know, now also contributes. Uh, nutrients like nice into the to the product. So sometime long before we were we were cooking, someone decided to take you know ash or embers from the from the fire, put it in with the corn. Um, so you'll still see that nixtamalization occasionally happen with you know charcoal or something like that. Um, we use a culinary lime, but it's mm-hmm. just just used to soak the corn, cook it so that outside um, paracorp comes off. You rinse it and then you can grind it into a, a soft... Uh, and there's a flavor tomato. that's produced.
1: I mean, I, this is just me from a, a eater's perspective. But there, it seems like there's a, obviously a flavor that's produced from from the process as well.
3: Yep. There's, yeah. there's a flavor that's produced and I think, you know, a lot of us, myself included, maybe grew up eating corn tortillas that kind of had almost like a, a metallic flavor right, like to a, them. Or like a, like, yeah, like an earthiness mineral miner- minerality. Nickel or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Um, so... I think that's when it's gone when it's gone wrong or it's ah, overly commercialized. That's but how there I do is it. a little <laughs> <laughs> if it tastes like a penny, you have yeah, uh, exactly. probably done it wrong. know, yeah. um, but I think that it's you know for for me it's a necessary connection to the food, just like the ability to maybe butcher a fish or you know how to work around certain cuts of meat or utilize a, a whole vegetable. Right. Uh, but I don't really see it in the same way as maybe you know, fermentation, which I think is, you know, for better or worse, kind of that new hot topic, which I'm, you know, I don't, I'm kind of scared about that because whenever there was a period of of molecular gastronomy where I think everyone wanted to jump on that and most people did it so poorly that it kind of killed people's interest or appetite for it because you're like, Another, yeah like another, I don't, no it's another say another foam another yeah no one wants blueberry shell right. yeah it's like powder and it's right. like, well no it can be a great and beautiful thing if you actually learn how to how to use it, and I think that's my concern with whether it's nixtamalization or or fermentation it's something that people have been doing you know out of out of necessity or out of tradition you know, or a way to get the most out of an ingredient you know and now it's going to be turned into you know, fermented this, fermented exactly. that. Exactly.
1: And it's like, I say this with your uh, PR team in the room, right? Um, there, There's that part where like the, these things become, you know, like uh, almost like stolen from the places where they're from. Like another one is, uh, you know, the idea of charred, burnt everything, right? I mean, right. you probably, I mean, I know I do, like have probably a dish on one of my menus right now that says burnt blankety blank or blankety blank ash, yeah. right? Yeah, And you're like, oh, you mean like, Mexican food? (laughs) It's like it's a modern thing now. But the fact is a great salsa, right, is taking food past like, you know, where maybe traditionally the French would, right? Charring something, burning something. Pureeing that into a sauce, like doesn't that like as a like doesn't that offend you sometimes when it's like it's a modern thing but you're like no this is actually just like history yeah. you know like this is like this is not a modern thing you have tweezers and you're planting burnt eggplant ash but like that's just called salsa dude
3: yeah it's called it's called developing flavor <laughs> right. it's called you know just a, a
1: traditional traditional recipe I would that would chat me though because like your food is all like like uh, again historically and authentically that's how that food is but like now if you do that. Like, you know, you might have someone coming in who thinks they're like me. Like, oh, I can't believe they have burnt leek ash on here. Like, oh, they're such a modernist. And it's like, no, like, I'm actually – this is rustic. Yeah. Yeah. Next to is the new fermentation though. I'm calling it right now. This is a hot take from Richard Blaze, Ray Garcia – is over-fermentation as just a thing that everyone does. I had uh, – sorry, now I'm on I'm a rant. Pre, I'm
3: pre-over it. I already know yeah, where it's going to go. Exactly. So I'm, you, I'm, know like what, you know where I, You know why I know it.
1: it's over? Because I went to a restaurant that I won't name yesterday and I had French fries. Woo, very creative order from Richard Blaze. Right. Uh, I've only had French fries twice in the last six months because I've been doing this like Tom Brady diet thing. And they had fermented ketchup, right? And like I mean, maybe that's delicious in your hands. But like isn't it also called – ketchup that's been in the fridge too long (laughs) isn't it also called rotten something like the last time i checked a fermented tomato wasn't really a good thing right Right. like i mean and i'm using salsa as exactly like you know you you know when i was a young chef and you have to do a line check and someone's got pico de gallo if it was fermented it means it was in the six pan a little bit too long Uh, and now it's like you can just get away with saying Oh no no! It's fermented. It's fermented. Like oh. someone out there has got some bad white beans, Ray Garcia. They got a they got an old white bean puree on a plate tonight, and someone's just going to be like, "It's fermented. It's the new. It's the new thing."
3: Absolutely, it used to be a thing you you <laughs> do a line lunch. If something was bubbling, I mean, you were going to lose your mind. Because right? Someone let a sauce actually get to the point where it bubbled, or you see a container starting to swell, or there was gas building oh. up. You're like, oh, "Oh, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing your." me some plus fresh. first of all
1: you just titled this this episode when containers start to swell with
3: <laughs> but you're right if you
1: saw bubbles in the squeeze bottle yeah you're like that's not dude hummus isn't supposed to be effervescent <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> it's like why is my tongue burning what is that what is it's that? fermented
1: chickpeas chef yeah. like it's all it's all the hotness i'm gonna go win this uh, reality show um near the end of the podcast we play uh, a little bit of a game are you down to uh play a a specific Ray Garcia game here for us? Sure, sure. Okay, so this one is going to be, um, because of the namesake of one of your restaurants, BS Taqueria, right? This is going to be Ray Garcia calls BS. Okay. Called BS. These are going to be trendy things that are happening. If you're into it, uh, you know, you can just say, you know, I'm into it. If not, you got to call BS. Okay. BS Taqueria. Okay, here we go. Uh, There are some super creative chefs right now, Ray Garcia. I don't know if you know this. That are starting to use bovine colostrum as an ingredient in pricey tasting menus. Bovine colostrum is the first milk a cow produces after giving birth. And this is like the white truffles of the modernist chef movement in the moment. You down with it, or I'm gonna, are you call
3: BS? I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say curious. I haven't tried it, so I haven't. I can't call BS BS on it just yet.
1: Oh, you're such an open mind. But just to clarify, <laughs> the rules are: you're either down with it, or I'm you down call with it. BS. He's down I'm with down it. it. I am down with down it. Down with the bovine colostrum. Another cool band name, perhaps, <laughs> if we get together. Okay. Speaking of Uber, as an Uber Creative, an Uber Eats customer uh, just found spiked underpants in their order this week in BS. Florida. Total BS. This is a true story. Okay. But I'm glad you're calling BS because I would too, but that actually happened. You had me at Uber oh, Eats. So I was going to call it BS. what does spiked underpants mean? I'm going to have to find my writer to figure out like what is – does that mean underpants soaked in alcohol? Like I don't even know. Okay. Next one. Uh, Ray Garcia, your thoughts. Meat made in a laboratory. This is a real thing now. You can buy meat that's made in a yes. laboratory. But yeah, you're not down with it. No. so this is where, sign, like, I know, and you're you're creative. Yeah, but this is where you're like,
3: you know, I th- I think with with food, we've in so many other parts of our life, we've lost connection with with what it is and and where it comes from. Mm. You know, and so to make meat in a in, in a laboratory, at least for you know for restaurants and you know I don't know just. BS for Got
1: sure. Got it. So now what about without calling out any of the brand names um, because you have team members here um, <laughs> and, they might, and they might be sending you an email later <laughs> that's like, hey, can you do a, a quote? We need a quote. Yeah. Sorry. This, so I do I'm this, looking away from public. I do this when <laughs> publicists are here. Can you give us a quote on your thoughts on uh, nixtamalization? <laughs> Uh, someone's writing. You uh, you get these emails. Oh, yeah, yeah? And you're always like, ah. Oh, I, I probably
3: have three right now. While we've done. They're sending. Yeah, I'm like, literally nice, typing yeah. out answers to you.
1: It's <laughs> uh, questions to you right now. Um, what about some of these um, faux meat companies that are producing burgers uh, that, quite honestly, like are in this uncanny valley space where, like, if you eat them and you don't know, it kind of tastes like a burger textually. Is there a good thing? Is there is it is it yeah, all BS or is there is there something good well, about it? Well
3: I'm trying it? to hit your black or white mark because yeah, yeah, I there's a I lot, it. there's a lot of gray in there. But there, there's true. things about it I do I do appreciate and I have consumed them. Um and, and I try to eat more plant based now anyway. But I think mm. you know maybe this is a preference, but I, I don't really like when items are trying to be something else. Like if you don't want to eat meat Uh, For myself. I just won't eat meat. I'm not trying to eat something else that is trying to be meat because I know what meat tastes like and I know what I gain from it. So if I'm feeling like meat, I eat meat. If I if I'm not, then I don't. Okay.
1: I love that. That's gonna do it's gonna segue to an impromptu one. Quotation marks on a menu. Meaning Uh, like this is eggplant filet. Or I'm trying to think (laughs) of something else that might be I'm trying to keep it in the faux meat sort of category. It is a mushroom. Uh, you you know I'm gonna have to. And let's be honest. I'm, you're thinking about like if you say like if you do say B.S. like you're kind of talking directly to Thomas Keller.
3: Yeah, that's what I was like. <laughs> I was I was thinking about him when, I, when I'm when i saying this and yes. what you, you know because back in the day it was like this mac and cheese. Right. There, and there, there, there is was that certain, also back in the day know, part where it was like pearls, new and like, cool. Well, right. okay, you know because it's not literally you know oyster and pearls, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm I think
1: I'm okay with it. Okay, yeah. I like that. No no BS. Uh, this one's kind of a double negative, but Poke has it jumped the shark. Poke's jumped the shark. BS. BS, you're still you're down with Poke. Yeah. Oh no, you know, I'm saying, saying it is. It's, it is, it's gone yeah, it's gone, gone. You're it's right. gone too far. BS, it's gone yeah. too far. Um, I'm curious someone just reached out to me about doing something for a Poke concept. <laughs> um, like what is it about like what what is it about you that that concerns you about like the Poke craze? Is it from a business? Biz- cuz me it's from a business perspective, meaning like as a business and uh, I hope you guys don't rep a poke company. You might. Uh, is like, I have poke is, friends too. So okay, there I'm going to hear from it afterwards. But my, the concern is like, well, like do you want poke in Chicago in January? Like for me, it's like a very warm weather sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I, I think, you know, without to force food into a box, poke for me is one of those things where I, where I want to have in Hawaii, where I want to have some sort of, you know, connection to it or at least the person putting it out having a connection to it and i feel like at least from people that i that i I know or approach that they take it's like oh it's a simple model you know all you need is a a small Ah, space from the business perspective three different types of fish and four different sauces and you know and all of a sudden you have another concept and and it feels like a very lazy concept for me ah but ray garcia uh
1: what if you just wrap it up in a burrito? Then it's genius.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: then you took my next idea. Nice, nice. So
3: uh, I'll, I'll uh, call it El Poke. I'm I have
1: one go. on here. Ritos Then, what are your thoughts on Ritos? I don't even uh, know what that is. Uh, like, I, I, like soyriso type, like uh, fake, fake. No, like, it's a burrito because it's wrapped in seaweed. Is it a burrito if it's wrapped in seaweed? No. Okay, so we're calling BS on Yeah, it's a. Like if I wrap okay. a taco in a Michelle, it's not a taco
3: maybe well, in quotations if you put the quotation marks then then we'll, well let you played. we'll let you slide well 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 played uh food halls
1: are the new food trucks true or bs uh this is a tough one because this is a thing now yeah this is like we should like we should all stop the recording and just have a moment
3: you know? <laughs> like can we sidebar on this after <laughs> Exactly.
1: Um, I don't know any of your uh, also future business plans. So yeah, this, so can be like, a, well, this is always was, one of those where you like you have to answer I've specifically. Got to, got to yeah. wear,
3: depending on the project, right? No. Um, yeah. You know, our food halls—the new food trucks. Uh, BS. I think they're different. Mm. I think they have their own benefit. Um, I think that it still needs to be flushed out a little, a little more because it's usually not. You know, the 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 food truck was sort of the soul of the sh- chef and the entrepreneur and somebody who wanted to put out a plate of food versus the food hall is more of a, a mixture of development and developer and landlord and mm. concept. And, and restaurateur. You know, and restaurateur. And so it's a very different thing that I don't think is as kind of, you know, organic as the, uh, as the food truck.
1: Mm. And I also like even with food trucks, not in L.A. L.A.'s different. New York's different. But in a lot, of the, uh, a lot of smaller markets, it never makes sense to me that you would want to open a restaurant in a row of 12 other restaurants or like how these food trucks meet up in a parking lot. Yeah. Like all you're doing is cannibalizing people's orders, right? Because if I do have like a taco from you and French fries from me, like I'm going to get all of it and I'm not going to order the whole order from one, of, one restaurant. Right. It never, never really made sense to me. On the same sort of uh, – in the same vein, what about ghost restaurants? Ghost restaurants. So these restaurants that do not exist. This is a, an email. I'm sure your publicists have sent you sent you at some point. Restaurants that don't exist only digitally. They're only delivering food. And you and I could create twenty of them tonight. We could open. You know what we could do? We could create our own ghost food hall tonight <laughs> by just writing a couple dishes on a menu.
3: I've taken a ghost food hall meeting. Uh, I think <laughs> a, a few of them. So I, I, way, I,
1: way to get that out in front of this. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So you're full disclosure. Full disclosure. Full so disclosure. Right. Yeah.
3: I, um, yeah, I can get behind it.
1: Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah, all I right. like that too. There is something about
3: that, and there's a little, there's a little trickery. You're more of a yeah. restaurant
1: than you you but, said you were in the beginning. Yeah,
3: because yeah, like you you do realize you're like, oh
1: wait, a place without walls or without you know, it's like lots I can have five place.
3: concepts and just change the name and you know, right? Switch, Ex- switch the show. I, I can make my hickama tacos there. Like and that's no, a, no one and you don't have know, to worry right? about it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, you can use all the quotation quotation marks you want. Uh, boba. Boba thing, or is this just like.? Uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do a nerd. I want to do a no, uh, nerd uh, boba concept. That's uh, boba and French, okay. but only for nerds called Boba Fett.
3: I like it. I can get behind that.
1: That's a deep one because you have to understand that Fett means festival in yeah, French. Yeah. And that Boba Fett is a character from Star Wars. It's really, really deep dive niche stuff. Uh, but it's a thing. So, like, that's—I uh, mean, you're saying it's a thing, it's right? It's a thing. So then, let's continue on the beverage train. Green tea—is—is—is is, is tea the next coffee? Come on, your—yeah, uh, your pal just wanted. I, don't think, want I don't
3: think tea's the next coffee. Got it. Um, but I get behind green tea for sure.
1: Okay, you do. Yeah. Uh, matcha. Yes. Ooh. I mean, I—I I try. I, for, so it's the one thing I don't. It's, you know, it's, like you get these. Sorry,
3: I'm picking on the team. Picking, picking on PR, right? now. Is there
1: any ingredient that you don't love? Like for me, I just one of them is matcha. There's just something about it, it just doesn't. It's not delicious to me.
3: Well, I think there's a lot of poorly made ah, matcha out there. So when you get it sort of gritty and grainy and powdery, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, you know, for me, it's also a way to kind of check myself because I can go off the deep end on coffee. I can have you know six, seven, eight coffees a day if, if I allowed myself. So that's do you, do sort of, you not? I, I'm down. I'm down. Because yeah, usually if you're, at,
1: if you're at that point, you're just like you, the wheels are off. Well, that it's was off.
3: another thing that the Grant changed. I was still drinking so much coffee. I'm like, well, what am I going to do when this kid comes? I can't like I could drink eight cups of coffee and not even you know I could still be tired at the at the end of the day. So I. Yes, coffee for a little bit. Oh, just, just so that when he was born, it could just—I could get that buzz again. I could find that high. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like
1: that. Um, when you—but you, how did you deal with the headaches? So, like, I would. Here's here's my biggest vibe. I don't. I I uh, really the only thing I do that's like, uh, it, it's coffee. It's coffee nonstop, and like if I just didn't have one for like you know a day, I get massive headaches.
3: I, I was just probably grumpy. Ah, there you go. Right? Yeah, that's why you do it. I would lose my shit on people, and there was the the, the vice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, young <laughs> sorry, chef. Sorry, it was, it was it's coffee. coffee. It's coffee. It's the coffee. All
1: right. Uh are you calling BS on gochujang? Inventory's run out. Is there are we is like it's it's everything. It's the new sriracha. It's like uh, every chef on TV show is got it mixed in with sweet potatoes now. Well, is
3: it too yeah, much? Yeah, I'm calling I'm calling BS. I love I love the product, but I don't mm. like people's use of it. It's just it's it's everywhere and I feel like it's it's a lazy condiment because there's so much flavor in it and most people aren't, you know, they're not making their, their own, Right. you know, so it's sort of like in LA, like everything's in a freaking bowl now and it's like, it's a bowl and this is just Ooh. one. Oh, see, this is what it only it's, took it's us 40 minutes, but now you're like, you're fired up. This. Oh yeah. So bowl, so you are, you're calling BS on bowl culture? I'm, I'm, I'm calling BS on bowl culture too. Oh, it I'm is. Just, but- I'm just sort of over it because... There's people who do it really well, but there's so many bad sort of squirrel knockoffs Mm. that are nothing close to the original. It's just like a semi-talented kind of chef who's opening up in a really weird location, and then they gain popularity, Mm. and they have decent coffee, and so people are going there, and they're taking pictures of it. But you actually dissect the food, and what you're getting is not – it's not good right it's, not, it's just like okay seasoned mushrooms and some you know some gochujang and some you know sprouts and some rice that wasn't overcooked and you know here's your 14 it is
1: great at home it is like not to be too much of a, you know a social media influencer but on meatless mondays it's great yeah agreed uh ray garcia at the end we always do something called 86
0: it's eighty sixth.
3: Okay,
1: so something that you're kind of over. Um, we we discussed a few of them in in the game. We I just got played. a long. I got a
3: long list. You can for you? listen. Here's the thing.
1: You you can. It doesn't have to be just one thing. There have been a couple people. Andrew Zimmerman comes to mind who have rattled off a dozen things that they are they are over. It doesn't have to be serious. It can be serious. It shouldn't be uh, Caesar salad just because you'd be the ninth person to say that, which you know would be weird. Um, but besides that.
3: I'd say uh, – because this is fresh in my mind. I heard, yeah. it, I heard it the other day and it's been ringing for the last two days. Skinny margs. Oh. I hate the – well, I hate the idea of skinny. I yeah. just did the quotations. Yeah, no, I like that. If, well, it deserves quotations. Yeah. <laughs> skinny and like a skinny margarita and then also calling a margarita marg. I just... I, I was... I okay,
1: you that. know what? I feel like Sounds I just so gained bro-y. a
3: little bit of respect from you because
1: <laughs> I didn't know what a marg was until you just explained it. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to ask him what a marg is. So, calling a
3: margarita like a calling, marg. Yeah, so we can unpack it, but calling a yeah. margarita a marg, and then the skinny margarita, and then the worst is, uh, you know, a picture of skinny margs. I, oh, my God. Like, so bad. Just so you know, like... Sh- he just texted that to someone probably. <laughs> like,
1: what are you up to tonight? You want to go get a picture of Skinny Marks?
3: Skinny, skinny, skinny like, Marks.
1: Like, that's probably one of the most popular texts in LA. I,
3: yeah, you hear it a lot and it's like, no more. Yeah. Are you
1: an emoji guy? So, quick little sidebar, do you, you, do you like, yeah, uh, yeah. favorite, Ray Garcia's favorite three emojis and the publicist cringe right now. Oh, my what gosh. What could be the uh, favorite emojis? Which um, if I'm texting
3: you, you know, I'm gonna... I, I like, and I think the one I use a lot is, you know, the hand, shrugging up like oh yeah, it's i like, like that sort of like a, a surprise
1: like a, like a shrug yeah um which is really uh short for i g k
3: yeah short for a lot I'm of really things. trying to break like, this down yeah. for how
1: short you can make why you know,
3: yeah. why, why not you right know, kind of like uh, it is what it is sort of hey like ray thing.
1: garcia you want to go get some skinny marks
3: yeah you're gonna hit me up with the emoji <laughs> like why not it's right a, it's a th- it's a thing okay um i think that the head exploding Oh, uh, I know, like that so, one. Because yeah, there's there's plenty of times where the, you know, the head has to... Uh, How'd
1: the podcast go with Richard Blaze? I don't know. In the middle, he was like, let's talk about nixtamalization.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Head, head, head blow, blowing up. Um, You're good at this game. Yeah. This, I, was, I well, thought there was I'm, I'm, be a, I'm yeah. using them and I'm like, well, what, what, what do I actually uh, use? And then I, I, I do... I'm 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 doing a lot of gifts and I'm doing a lot of bit emojis. But, Ooh. Yes, but I think just the, the hands together is sort of that, that thanks. Oh, oh uh, I that's can go in a lot I was gonna tell you my
1: favorite. Mine is favorite, Namaste, thanks. Yeah. Like it's it's also just like says a lot. Yeah. Right? Like you can just say a thousand things with just like it's like don't text me again. It can be it's hugely
3: like, sarcastic when you need thank it you to. So be. Mu-
1: Someone can send you a three paragraph thing and you can just be like that. Yeah. And it just ends everything, and it's always from a good place. Yeah. Um, so I like that. We're we're, we're kind of we're, we're
3: vibing. I, I think, and I, if I can add back to my yep. 86, 86, yeah, eighty six. Yeah, you got a list. You got well, a list. I got, well, something else came up too in our conversation is when people refer to themselves as influencers. Yes. Yeah, I, I refer to myself as I'm one. An, I'm an influencer. I'll be it as a joke,
1: just to be cl- clear, right? Yeah, I'm an influencer. Oh, I love this. But no they asked for yet. something.
3: I'm an influencer, so I want to come to your restaurant and I want you to buy me dinner. It's like, well, let's – yeah.
1: It is – there's not a – as, again, your team probably represents a dozen of them. Oh, so many. Uh, <laughs> they've probably referred to you as one without you knowing. Without you knowing. That's how I got on the show. Exactly. I'm
3: influential. Uh, it is – isn't it
1: it's, – it's doesn't it make you feel a little gross? Yeah. Like it is. It's just like – and I think I've probably called myself that in some text. I've probably sent someone something like, hey, I'm an influencer. Send me some sneakers. Maybe I've done that. <laughs> I've done that, Jeff. Uh, but it is, it's like, what does that mean really? Like, well, does it even have a metric? And because, like what is the metric of an influencer? Is it 10,000 followers? Is it 50,000? I don't know.
3: I don't know. But if you're going to use, if you're truly influential, then you're sort of saying, or my question is like, this is what you're going to use your influence on. But you, people can't are, you do something better? But some of these travel
1: influencers, influence? they're, like they're flying around the world, chef. Oh like, yeah. They're, like they're killing it. Like yeah. they're getting
3: free stuff. Like,
1: they're getting free hotel rooms. They're just posting little videos. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm right here on poolside, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm just here with my team. My squad's here. We're about to get a bunch of skinny margs. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And it works.
3: Just don't call yourself an influencer and I'm that's okay That's true. With okay, it. okay. Um,
1: so are you, I felt like you had more. So that's two things. Oh,
3: I mean, there's – she's uh, – people who wear sunglasses inside. I wow. Okay, that. that's a I'm classic like, one. Like, what
1: about is – okay, people who wear sunglasses inside – is that do you do you exclude Vegas from that? Do you exclude like in a casino? Like is that because I you know if you're playing poker, are you allowed to do that? Because that's a big.
3: I, I think so. I mean, that's part of. So what that's you're, the only time you're what, what, you're okay you're with doing. It. But yeah, it just I, 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 I'm like, dude, do you really need to be wearing sunglasses right now? Sometimes people wear unnecessary hats inside. Where I'm like, this, oh, this I like... am guilty.
1: You know what? Um, I'm wearing this one, but I do have. Um, I should have wore it because it, it would have been perfect. I'll send you a photo. <laughs> Um, I have a big, like Russian winter hat that I wear a lot, but that's and, cool. That's I actually but cool unnecessary hat. for a podcast.
3: <laughs> I think totally necessary. like I was trying
1: to be like, cause I knew I had a lot of like cool Los Angeles people coming in today. So I wore sweatpants. Like I wore skinny sweatpants. That was me like making a very L.A. decision. I was like, I'm not even going to care. I'm going to pretend I don't care. I'm going to wear a Russian hat and skinny sweatpants.
3: But you don't have a br- – <laughs> do, br- do you have a hat you wear to brunch though? Is there like a brunch hat oh, there? Because that's a different That's what you're of- talking level. about. That's so that's when adopt, you're like, like, I
1: wear my skinny little cap when I go to brunch.
3: <laughs> I get Brunch it. and I wear my sunglasses. <laughs> like,
1: listen, and- you got what's a, what's another 86 right are you're, you're, Right now, just so you know, before you even answer the next one, you're, you're setting a record. No one has 86, like you're near record, like, I don't know, Zimmerman might have 86, four or five things. You're at three right now. You want, Are we going to go for a Ray Garcia record here? What else do you want 86? Uh, two gets you, two more 86 things gets you the record.
3: <laughs> so, so now, now, now. now it now gets I you double bad. exposure. Now, now. They'll I be aggression. happy. But now I'm getting into dangerous territory because I have to actually walk out of this. Uh, no, you're good. I, I mean, out none out of here. the
1: things you said have been anywhere near controversial. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, I think, well, okay, let's get more towards controversial then. Uh, no. Um, I think sort of racism or stereotypes in food. Okay. You know, it's something that I deal with with, with with Mexican food is, you know, what is the what is the value of ethnic cuisine versus, you know, other more established European cuisine? You know, Got when it. We, when we open up Broken Spanish, you know, what could we charge for a, a tamal? People say, this is mm. ridiculous. It's still a tamal. It's like, no, it's... Four ounces of of you know lamb from grass fed lamb it's you know four ounces of mushroom it's in house nixtamalized corn, right, and I think there's people 's association with, that's what it is yeah
1: it's uh like it's a like you said like it's like a racism through their own personal experience with those ingredients or items yeah right, and you know what didn 't have to go through this is this is where I, I I rant about like sushi never had to do this <laughs> right because the problem what you 're saying yeah. is like you can go get a taco for a dollar, so when you have to spend. for one, that's how much I charge for my tacos, (laughs) then like you might be offended because you're like, it's a a taco, right? But but people didn't – we didn't go through that with sushi. Someone just dropped a roll off and was like it's 25 bucks. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, it's exotic, it's, it's Japanese, whatever it is. It's and, sexy,
3: it's light, it's healthy, mm, it's, you know, it's Instagrammable. You, you, oh, take, you take a picture of that. And, you know, you, oh,
1: I like that. Well, you're at four. Listen, if you wanted to just, t- just and, t- tip it. You got a little more serious than I was expecting on the last <laughs> one. But you can, if you wanted to go for the record, this is the moment. I don't know why I'm really fired up right now for you. I, I I've jumped know, into that. like game show host, And it's like, this is a chance to go for the record. It's Ray gonna go be—it's gonna be like
3: that Seinfeld episode you watch Seinfeld, where uh, George Casanza afterwards is like, "I should have told him this one. Let's go back." I always, should have told, well, I, should have I think that happens in this segment sometimes. I, I think the dollar—I mean, it's, this is controversial—but the, the 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 dollar taco or the quest ah, for the dollar taco. Okay, you know, there has to be some sort of consciousness of 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 what you're eating, and I think you know in LA there's this cult-like following mm. for, for cheap Mexican food, um, and it doesn't have to be inexpensive but i I think that there's 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 a way to you know i guess maybe know what you're comparing you know like you're not comparing apples to apples when you look at you know a dollar taco and and also and 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 my tacos per se and also what goes into that what are you what are you supporting you know i'd rather you if you're gonna go out and support a local taco vendor support that he can maybe charge $2 $2 and, you know, pay himself a little bit more. Pay his I hope that you're right. I more.
1: hope if you are on a quest for a dollar taco that you're tipping a dollar for the taco you bought a dollar for. Give right? Some, does, that, yeah. does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Give By the back. way, as someone who's a non Los Angelino, I didn't even know that that was like the quest for the dollar taco. Or cheap tacos. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was really a thing, but you're right. You know, that's when you can tip 300%. Do the right thing if you're going to go buy a dollar taco. Ray Garcia just set the starving for attention record. There's the sound effect. <laughs> Boom, you did it, brother. (laughs) thank you so much for hanging out with us dude you're the man Um, uh, where can people come to your restaurants
3: Uh, Broken Spanish and BS Taqueria
1: both in downtown LA DTLA I'm trying to sound cool Uh, uh, we'll do it again you want to do another episode absolutely we'll do that Uh, I'm going to go eat some I'm going to go try and find some dollar tacos five dollar tacos five dollar tacos (laughs) or fifteen dollar tacos with clams and lardo clams and lardo Uh, and hey everyone thank you so much for listening do us a favor jump on over to iTunes drop us a review Uh, we got five stars Ray Garcia. It's a five-star podcast oh, that you've I been like a part it. of, and you helped make it as good as it always is. Uh, drop us a review on this episode. Uh, head on over to the Starving for Pod Instagram page. Let us know what you think, uh, only if it's great things, though, of course. If you don't like it, just DM me. Slide up in those DMs. All right, everyone. Until next week, stay
0: hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or Podcast PodcastOne.com.
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We couldn't do it without you and we also couldn't do it with our amazing sponsors. Thanks to Analon Advanced. You can visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to analon.com now. Thanks to San Pellegrino as always to find S. Pellegrino in your area. Visit sanpellegrino.com slash US. And of course, True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Until next week, stay hungry.